Welcome back, everyone. I am Tiff O. Hey, ho. And it's the pretty Ricky, 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 Ricky. Hey, and we are here today for another episode recap and discussion of This Is Us Season 5, Episode 4, titled Honestly. So this episode to me was Kevin Heavy. So let's start today's talk with Kevin. So a high level summary of Kevin's storyline for this episode is we see Kevin in three different points in his life where he appears to struggle with something, whether it is sleeping, becoming or being a football player, and now his current acting project. So the common theme, or at least the theme that I took away, was that for Kevin, when things gets tough, then he gets going or that he does not like to put in the work, which is what Randall told him in season finale of season four. So Kevin consistently needs a push from someone and it's either going to be a good push or a bad push, but it has to be a push nonetheless. And um, so like when he was struggling to sleep, he needed a push to just like go at it alone, like self-soothe when he was struggling to learn his plays when he was a teenager, he needed to hear his dad call him soft. And now he's currently struggling with his acting career and he needed to hear his director say, boy." So before we delve into the idea of Kevin needing the push, let me know, Ricky, if we're on the same page, do you agree with my assessment that Kevin is the type of person that needs a push to do what it takes to be great. Yes, I definitely agree with that. And I agree that this episode was really Kevin heavy as well. So I'm I'm in agreement. Okay. So um, I don't know what I thought about that. I was just like, you know, we've already seen, or we already know this about Kevin. I felt like, like I said, like Randall had already mentioned it before. Kate brought it up in their conversation later on. And so I'm like, why did they take the time to kind of explore the notion of Kevin doesn't like to work hard for anything? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I think that this one was a little different because they go all the way back. Like you said, like from a child and him not even being able to self-soothe. So I got a little bit that all of this is not really on Kevin and that he's been almost conditioned to being rescued, Mm. if you would. And to not have to put in as much fight, like, okay, so I'm going to see how long and hard and loud I can cry and do what I need to do to get this type of attention or whatever particular moment it was, he was going to just do to the part, do whatever he could to get attention. And so I think it just went all the way back to kind of let us know where it started. Man, Ricky, there you go again, hitting us with perspective. That was so good. Yes. (laughs) No, I completely agree with that. And it kind of like segues into my next thought, which was like you said, they kind of talked about like took it all the way back and it kind of showed, in my opinion, like the role that parents have in like fostering um, greatness or hindering greatness. And so what stuck out to me was Rebecca and Jack's conversation when Kevin was teenager trying to play football, but he wasn't studying hard enough to learn the plays and so um Rebecca was like well he doesn't like it and he's tired so let's just let him like give it up and Jack was like no that's the problem you always letting him quit stuff and then he like ran down a whole list of all the things that Rebecca let him quit and I was kind of in my feelings though because I was like this is a real conversation that happens between fathers and mothers that like fathers 
accuse the mother of like being too soft and kind of like coddling the, especially if it's the son, like coddling the son and things like that. And Jack's like, well, I'm coming from this perspective that he, he needs to be great. And to be great, you can't just quit everything. And I understand that too. But at the same time, it's like, Jack, don't forget that when he was a baby crying his head off, you was about to walk in that room too. We saw you at the end of that episode. <laughs> so <laughs> don't be acting all hard. So um, it's funny that you had said that though, because like you said, he does these things and usually someone rescues him or he gets the attention that he seeks so much. And um, he then goes on to persevere. What do you yeah, think about that? Go ahead. No, sorry. I was going to say, too, I will have to say, to be fair, um, like I said, with Star, you see how it goes all the way back with Kevin and him being rescued, right? But I also think in Kevin's mind, or dare I say, just in general, like, there are just people, like, you just think that, okay, because let's let's take it. He was a good-looking kid, you know? So he was a yeah. popular kid. Girls loved him, right? So that was kind of, could be rescued in that way. And then um, he was the the quarterback. So he did have to have some level of skill, and any type of athlete, I do believe that there's going to be some work to it. You know, you're going to have to probably get up early, do trainings. You're going to have games. People are going to shove you around, especially in football. You're going to get hurt. So it is its own level of toughness, right? So I'll give it to him. But he just didn't know, like, he has to be pushed. And he really, I think, in his mind thought that, well, that was work because it's a little hard. But I mm. love that he had somebody like his dad and had the coach that was like, but yeah, I have to push you because I, you're good, but we need you to be great. And you're going to have to earn your spot in this, you know, to get to college and stuff like that. So I just think he really thought he was pushing himself and he had to have that. But no, this is not really a push. It's just a little tough. <laughs> no, you're right. Because, I mean, he was waking up early. He said he was studying his plays and or the playbook and he was eating all those dang eggs. And I'm like, the only way that... <laughs> <laughs> that Kevin got all those eggs on his plate is if Rebecca fixed it. So, okay, there you go, Jack. Rebecca's supporting Kevin and his ventures, so stop it. But um, he was eating all those eggs. He was waking up all early. He was staying up late, I guess, to um, study his playbook, and he still wasn't getting it. So it's like, okay, maybe I just don't need to do this or whatever. But Jack is like, no, that you work, you need to continue working. Like, that don't stop right there because what you put in, you thought was good enough. And, you know, that's a true story, though, because I know I get on my husband's nerves because I'm like, I can't be great at everything. And so... <laughs> I'm like, if it doesn't come naturally to me, then why waste my time trying to perfect it? Like, I just go to something else that comes natural. He's like, that's a quitter attitude. I'm like, no, it's not. That's not waste. That's like uh, using your time wisely or whatever. Yeah. You have the so, whole strength finders aspect of it. Like, uh, like I this is my strength. So let me hone the things that I'm good at. And I, I understand that part as well. But that's not Kevin. That wasn't Kevin's story. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I do remember, look, a little antidote from the past. I do remember uh, when I was running league summer track for the first year. And, um, you know, my mom had to pay for it because it's league summer track. And so anyway, it was hard. Like you had to do these long warmups and they were putting me in these long distance uh, running categories and things like that. And so I was like coming in last place and I was talking about I had asthma and things. I didn't. And but it was just really hard. And so my mama made me do it again the next summer. She didn't say, oh, okay, well, since it's so hard and since you pretended to have asthma and since you can't win or since you're not winning anything, then I'm gonna just let you, you know 
stay out, like not go back, especially since I can save my money. She was like, no, you gonna go back and you gonna act right. And so then I ended up being like a track champion for like many, many years. But I was just like, (laughs) what if my mom had been like, you know, no. Like, okay, you don't want to go back. It's hot in the summer and I can save my money, but she didn't. So it's kind of like Jack's point there. It kind of made me think about that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a very, that's a good point. I think just parents' role in general, that they have this very pivotal role. It's an essential role to basically push the child or to to help them when times get tough to keep going. And um, so, you know, kudos to your mom for doing stuff like that. And kudos to Jack, because look, because of that, you were able to win a championship where he was able to come as far as he did. And if not for his injury, I believe he could have went all the way to the pros. Who knows? But yeah, so parents have that role. And I bet it is hard. Like you said, we saw when Jack was by that door, he had put, he had went, he had went as far as to put his hands like on the door and all. Like, uh-oh, I'm like, Jack, you're giving in. You're about to go in. But, you know, he still <laughs> fought that because I do believe is that, and you, I know, can speak to that, that tug of war as a parent where you see mm-hmm. something and you see your child. Sure, your mom saw you sad and saw that you were losing and you tell me you have asthma attacks she's like well wait does my child really have something going on am i putting my child in danger you know i'm sure as a parent we have all these thoughts so um i don't believe it's easy but i think it's necessary um to to push the child so you know i do get rebecca's point of view like well they don't like it i can see some of that and i understand the whole not being soft thing so i just think in this particular scenario that um, it was important for them to push Kevin. And I think you have to know what kind of child you have um, mm-hmm. as well, too, because I believe some of that's personality. Um, I know we talked about kind of Kevin needing to push and Randall more so, you know, like it's kind of more in contrast, I guess, with Randall, where he just kind of mm-hmm. took the initiative. We saw that played out throughout, throughout. The, um, the episode. And I will say that, first of all, Randall his personality is a perfection. Like I have to strive. I'm high achieving. Like that is a part of him. But let's be real. Randall was very much aware that stuff is not going to come easy to him. And that, you know, he's not afforded the same opportunities. They mentioned him being the only black kid in the private school. So he just felt like he had no choice. He was very keenly aware very early on that, yeah, I know that nothing will be given to me and I'm going to have to earn it. I'm going to have to always be the best. You know, that was his mentality. So between his personality and him knowing his situation, he kind of had that push. And so I think as a parent, too, you have to also know what child needs to push, you know, a little bit more, too. No, I love that they contrasted Randall and Kevin's tenacity or perseverance, because like you said, Randall was just so aware. He even said, being me at my school, I have to be the best. So like you said, it was like he knew there was not a choice. Like, I cannot be mediocre. I cannot quit when I don't feel like doing something like to be me, especially where I'm at. I have to work hard and I have to give it my all and I have to not just be good. I got to be the best. Mm. So that was like for a teenager to realize that. Yeah. Because even to this day, we're still, you know, some people are still like, you know, at work or whatever. Like I have to be the best. I have to do twice as much to be just as good as my co counterparts or whatever. So that was really good. Um, But you mentioned the quiet. Well, you didn't Mm -hmm. mention wired out. But you mentioned like Jack about to go in. Well, we both mentioned Jack about to go into the room or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can remember as a parent. And girl, when I tell you this was a trigger alert for me, this <laughs> that Uh-oh. opening scene Uh-oh. with them trying to decide to do the quiet out method and then like seeing them struggling with that throughout the episode, it just took me back to what, what year? 2015, no, 2016. <laughs> 
January all the way to December. So a full year, okay, Mm -hmm. of having your sleep interrupted because, you know, you got a little newborn or whatever. And so for a certain period of time, newborns or infants do have to like wake up and, you know, kind of eat or whatever and and be changed to things like that. But when they reach a certain age, I think it's like around six months, especially, then they don't need the sustenance to carry on or whatever. So our pediatrician actually said like, hey, if he's still waking up, he's just probably doing it out of habit, especially if it's the same time every night or same times multiple every night so you should probably just let him you know go back to sleep so we're like yeah but then you start hearing your baby cry (laughs) and so you're like oh well you know it won't it won't take long if I just go up there and hand them the bottle real quick or just go up there and rock them real quick. Like, they'll be easier than listening to him cry for 30 minutes. Or remember, she was like, he's been crying for 30 minutes. He was like, it's been thick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it does feel like forever. And then when Rebecca was like, he's going to feel abandoned or something like that. I was like, I know. Right. <laughs> so for the six months to the to 12 months. We ignored the doctor's advice and because I could not do cry it out and my husband wasn't going to force us to do it or whatever. And so he was kind of like Jack when they first had laid down and was like, um, and Jack was like, uh, yeah, we're going to do it. Tonight's going to be tonight. But then as soon as Kevin cried, Jack got up. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of how it was. And so I remember the point where I just had a breakdown almost. And um, it was December. That's why I said it went from January all the way to December. So December 2016, we um, had still been coddling him or like answering him in the middle of the night. And after getting a series of naps for a year, you're like a zombie. Like you can't hardly function. Okay. And so I remember in the middle of the night, he started crying. And I told my husband, is him or me? He can have this house. I can go somewhere else. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you give away the house, Tess? Yes. I'm like, he can have his house. I will go live somewhere else. And my husband's like, calm down. I was like, no. He was like, just let him cry. Just let him cry. And so um, I'm like covering my ears with a pillow. But it seemed like he cried for two hours. I don't know how long he actually cried. But it seemed like he cried for so long. But after that one night, I tell you, our life was back. (sighs) But it was a struggle. So yeah, I was like, trigger, trigger. (laughs) No, I'm glad that you broke that down, like, all the way from the January to December. Like, let me tell you, this is real. But I, and, and I also like that through hearing your story and hearing even some of your husband's side of it, that I'm even more appreciative that they show Jack's side. Because just because he didn't open that door that time, maybe that was going to be their breaking moment. You see that he was struggling with it, too. You know, it's, it's yeah. still very hard as a parent in general. So, yeah. Yes. At what point do I realize in life I can't shield them from everything and I have to, this is my start. I mean, I know they're like this infant to toddler type stage, but I have to realize, okay, I have to, you know, I, I have to pull back because they can only, we can only get to the other side. You can only get to your December, to yeah. January 20, was it 20, 2017? You can only get to there because <laughs> you had to go through December 2016. So, yeah, that's good. Oh, I still remember, girl, it was so clear as day. I was like, he could have it. I will go. I will go to my mom's house. I will go to a hotel, whatever. He can have his house. Like I'm, You say you go give away the whole house? Yes. That whole house That's is gone. Funny, the whole house. So pushing <laughs> is so I think we can realize that pushing is necessary for growth. But one thing yeah. I am I'm thinking of, even though I've never 
you know, I don't know a whole lot of real life experiences like this, but I have seen the show American Idol. And let me just say this. There are some instances as parents, okay, that you do not need to push your child. I think you also need to recognize who your child is. And if your child is best singing the church hymn, you keep the child there. Don't be gassing that child up. <laughs> Like, yeah, baby, go on American Idol. You got this. You're going to be the next Whitney Houston or somebody. It comes a point you have to realize you may have to pivot. So maybe that means the child needs voice lessons or maybe you have yeah. to introduce them to like a musical instrument. Let's talk about the piano. Like, you know, so it's certain. I think we can look at pushing in different ways, but you have yeah. to also like, recognize the child, be real with yourself and pivot and adjust. Right. When it comes to pushing. That's true. So like Rebecca could have been on the other end where, okay, I'm not going to push him beyond his comfort level because I don't, I don't, I want to protect him. But Jack could have gone to the extreme and been like the American Idol parents of making him do something that he's really just not going to succeed at. Yeah. <laughs> and potentially embarrass himself. Right. In the whole household. In the whole household. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so um, toward the end of the episode, Kevin calls Kate and um, they're having a conversation. Kevin's kind of being Rudy Poo Poo. The director doesn't like me. I don't know what to do. And the part that stood out to me, though, is when Kate talks about Randall. So Kate tells Kevin about Randall's feelings of not being authentically seen, heard, and understood throughout his lifetime, particularly with his family. And I perceive Kevin's response is very dismissive and kind of defensive. And I was like, really, Kevin? Like, I know we've been saying that you have not been in tune with what's going on and not in tune with your brother, but you really just go put it in our face that you're not in tune. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I, she tells you what's going on with her brother or how he feels. And you're like, oh, well, we can't blame our parents for that. I mean, we all have struggles or whatever he was saying. And I'm like, really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. I, yeah he, you're right that's the best word so he was so dismissive so that whole conversation it started with an eye roll tiff because at first I was like here goes Kevin woe is me somebody pushed me told, somebody told me I'm just good I'm not great let me call somebody to rescue me yeah. my sister that's another person that should, we should have mentioned because I saw that from very early on the um just in the whole series and the whole show i remember him yep. always kind of calling kate whenever you know he was in a downtime he did call randall that one time too i remember but yeah let me call somebody and you know i need to get my ego stroke i need to be reassured so i was like oh kevin right and so he's just him 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 and then kate you know like i said brings up the conversation with randall which i stopped the eye roll tip because i was like thank you this is us for letting this conversation carry on this season i'm glad yeah. We didn't just leave it where it was in the parking lot. We're going to still talk about this. So I was giving Kate a high five. But yes, Tip, then another eye roll came because it was so <laughs> dismissive and just disrespectful. Like even him, he did mention a part like, well, I'm not an idiot. You know, I knew he was the only black kid in the private school. Yeah, yeah, it was hard. But, you know, mom still gave him attention and just brushed it to the side. And yeah. so I... I, I, so I left the conversation still with the arrow and just like the, the audacity. So, um, yeah, Kevin was making me upset during a lot of this, this part. <laughs> Kevin was being <laughs> Kevin. But why did Kate remind Kevin that Randall had told him the same thing about his acting being tired? Oh, like why she, yeah. I was like, I mean, it's true. And I was thinking it the whole time, but I was, I was like, yeah, Randall already told you that. But I was like, Kate, why do you remind him of that? Like, what was your point? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think sometimes we have to get Kevin off his high horse. Like, dude, you're good. We understand, but you can have, you can use some improvement. So, 
you know Kevin's still struggling with being taken seriously as an actor from coming from the Manny. So he has a lot of insecurity there. That's true. Yeah. But there was a tender moment for me. (laughs) That came from the conversation when Kevin was like telling Kate that he wants to be great because he wants to take his mom to the Oscars while she can still remember. And I was like, oh, so cool. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So brings me to prediction time. What do you. Okay. Because I have a tender moment too. It's kind oh, of around that time. Okay, me, just a, okay, so my tender moment is, so I will give him some credit, him being Kevin, for having a little bit of humble pie, because at least during his teenage years, you know how he's taking you back. They go he, back to, you know, in the room, and he kind of comes to Randall, and he's like, hey, you yeah. know, I'm messing up these plays. I need help. And Randall, of course, gets excited, and they, you know, he works, and he realizes <laughs> Kevin's serious, and he works to help him out, right? And so then you see where they're having this conversation, and Rebecca kind of sneaks around, and she actually sees the two working together she has this aha moment of okay maybe i should have gave him more time maybe he does need to push i see what you mean and just um i guess for me the tender moment would just be that whole rebecca piece her acknowledging it but more so i would say the two teenage guys like actually coming together randall helping him kevin and kevin being receptive to it and just you know just that whole moment was a tender moment for me so before you went to prediction time i had to say that was my tender moment no, thank you. No, I was just giggling in the background because I was thinking about. <laughs> when... So I do love any time that, Ke- that Kevin and Randall are getting along because especially in their young child or to- their younger years or whatever, because it was such a tumultuous relationship. So when they do have those moments of like getting along, I do love those moments. But uh, when, Kate, when Rebecca came back downstairs and told Jack that she saw them high five and <laughs> Jack was like, are you sure they just want to try to slap each other? At the oh, yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I know no, my that. kids. Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> Okay, so prediction time. What do we see coming of Kevin's role in his current film? Not movie, okay. Ah, <laughs> film. Funny. Mm-hmm. He was so, so serious like, about he, that too. Will he rise to greatness? Will he be able to take Rebecca to the Oscars before her memory go? I'm going to say. Um, mm-hmm. I think he is going to rise to greatness based on, you know... <clears throat> Um, his past, you know, we always try to use his past as a foreshadowing or to say this is what's going to happen in current. So he struggled with sleep, but then when he got the room to just self-soothe, he conquered it. And then he did become a great football player, we go to assume, until he broke his leg. And mm-hmm. so now that he's going to apply himself to be great, I think he will finally get recognized. I don't know if it's going to be for this particular role, but he will rise to greatness. As far as the Oscars, he will get an Oscar, but I don't know if he's going to get it before uh, Rebecca's dementia or Alzheimer's or whatever mm. she has. Cognitive disease takes over. What do you think? Mm, Tiff. Oof. Oh, I just got sad. Okay, so um, I do think, <laughs> I do, I just got sad. Okay, so I do think that he is going to push himself. I agree with you. Um, I hadn't even thought to that point of an Oscar. Hmm, I'll go ahead and say, yeah, let's say he gets an Oscar. Um, I, I also, I'll agree with everything. I just don't know if it's going to be for this particular role. I don't really know how long Rebecca's going to have for her to fully be in the moment and to be able to do something like that and take that trip or to go to the Oscars. So I'm going to say no for her being able to attend with him. Perhaps he'll take his yeah. kids and 
have a moment. Maybe he'll take Randall and that'll be a true moment. So I don't know. But I'm going to say yes to the Oscar. Yes to him definitely pushing himself. I think by him telling the director, Foster, I believe his name was, that, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. I'll see you. It was just kind of us letting him letting us know that he's not going to quit. And just mm-hmm. when you see him studying, if you would, that he went back to his old ways. Thank you, Randall, who showed him about mm-hmm. the color-coded index card, whatever that system was. So I, I, I feel that he's putting in the in the work to be great. So, yeah, I'm going to say he's going to be great. I'm excited for his future. I'm excited. So last, last week you had mentioned that you enjoyed seeing more of younger Kevin, especially when younger Kevin was interacting with Jack. And so this episode focused on Kevin. So did you like it or not? Nah? <laughs> <laughs> I just had a lot of eye rolls with Kevin. I feel like I understand him a little bit more and I can't put it all on Kevin. I think just as, I think that's, you know, a mother, right? Like you want to nurture them in that way. So I feel that in some ways he was coddled, you know, um, just by just not hurt though in different areas. So um, I do like that he acknowledged, and that's what I feel like he doesn't do too. We don't see a lot of him saying, like, man, you do this for every test? You do this color-coded system? Like, that's a lot of work. <laughs> like, him acknowledging the <laughs> amount of work that Randall puts into um, his work in general, to him being successful with the things that he's done, his schoolwork and his career. So um, there are certain things that I like, Tiff, but a lot of it was kind of like, oh, Kevin, yeah. Kevin. And that car, I think what it was is that car scene, that last conversation just really kind of messed me up because he just totally dismissed this boy integrating schools. How you just going to dismiss that? So I was kind of upset. <laughs> so he's civil rights era. So he integrating schools. Yeah, I just like, <laughs> he he Okay, that. got it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I agree with you. I was like, okay. Um, we always talk about how Randall gets all the story, all the story. So it was nice to see them put it, give someone else a spotlight. But I just feel like we didn't get much more than what we already knew. So hopefully this episode was setting us up for something different or for him being different. Um, he's had some growth uh, throughout the series. And so mm-hmm. hopefully this is a turning point for him. That's what I'm hoping because I'm like, okay, how many more times are we going to see him being um I don't know, selfish, unaware, and just thinking because he's beautiful, he can get anything that he wants. So mm. we're like, we're, I'm like, I'm over it. So hopefully he's turning a corner that we thought he was turning and he's just going to focus on his career, focus on his babies coming, focus on his fiance, and finally realize that Randall, yes, he was the only Black kid at his entire school but he was also the only black kid in his entire family and only yeah. black kid on the block so it's like <laughs> come on now don't be jelly because your mama was uh always hanging out with him right we will return after this quick ad break stay with us inspired by the author's young son's curiosity and love for tv debuted book andrew learns about actors from debut author tiffany obing also known as Tiff, a oh, is perfect for young readers ages two to six. Andrew Learns About Actors is fun, rhyming, and educational. And y'all, it's filled with diverse characters and inspiring images in both simple and slightly complex words to encourage inquisitive minds. Andrew Learns About Actors is just one of the books, a part of Andrew's Career Day book series, where the goal is to make every day or any day a career day. Now, how cool is that? Please run, hop, skip, just just quickly go. 
to sugarcookiebooks.com to purchase and to print your free downloadable goodies. Be sure to subscribe to be in the know on the release of the next book in the series, Andrew Learns About Teachers. Follow and like on Facebook at Inspiring Kids to Aspire. Be sure to grab your copy ASAP. I just can't say that enough. It's really a fun read and it's super duper cute. Plus, it supports my girl, Tiff A.O. I have my copy. Do you have yours? Check it out, spoiler alert listeners. Tiff O and Ricky got a promo code and it's a good one. I love the lip bar. I now purchase all my lip colors from the lip bar. All of their products are vegan and long lasting and they are much more than a lip company. They also have this bomb highlighter blush duo and a fast face system and so much more. Their products are affordable and can be purchased online with our promo code for a 10% discount. And what's even better, it is a small black woman created and owned company. Now that's what's up. So what are you waiting for? Go to thelipbar.com now and get your purchase on. Oprah and Michelle Obama wear the lip bar and so can you. Link and promo code is in the episode description. Okay, so Kate, let's go to Kate. Okay. All right. So we see in this episode that Kate is going to, or she did go to Ellie's. That's the potential adoptive mother person. Ellie's OBGYN appointment, or as Toby said, OBGYN or whatever. like shut up Toby okay so she's going to the OBGYN appointment to see their potential adopted baby that Kate and Toby have named Chloe and while at the doctor's office everything seems to be going fine until Kate refers to the baby by the name of Chloe and then Ellie gives like a look which to me Mm -hmm. read of hesitancy or second thoughts and Mm -hmm. I think it read the same to Kate because after the doctor's appointment Ellie and Kate are in a parking lot and Kate is asking like, did she do something wrong? And Ellie explains to Kate that her face was about she not liking the name Chloe because of a girl from her childhood named Chloe Pinner. And Ellie assures Kate that she is not having any second thoughts about the baby, Jack or Toby, Jack, baby, uh, Kate or Toby. So what do you think of the story Ellie gave Kate as to why she made the face in the doctor's office? I'm calling Hmm. BS on it. I feel Ooh, like okay. I feel like the face was disproportionate to her story. I feel like it was not a look of disgust. I felt like it was a look of second thoughts. Like if you were really just turned off because you didn't like the name Chloe, I feel like you would have been looking. I mean, oh, granted, we can only see like her eyes, but we couldn't like see her whole face because she had a mask on. But I just feel like your eyes would have shown more of like disgust. But I feel like her eyes showed like, um, I don't know, like why are you taking my baby? Like too soon, too soon. <laughs> Hold up. What do you, I don't know. What do you think? I agree, Tip. I think it was way more than a name. I got that from your from the um Ellie's reaction too. It could have been just more of a oh, Chloe, like a surprise look, and then maybe a conversation later she felt like she wanted to get that off her chest. So yeah, I think it was more than a name. I think the look, I got sadness in the look. I felt like, mm-hmm. you know, on her end, here she is giving up this child. If she even gives up the child, I felt mm-hmm. like, you know just caught up by maybe the it was like so much in that look so maybe it was like I'm just caught by surprise because wow here it is this lady she's all in like you said is it too soon she's excited and just like wow like I'm 
wasn't really ready for that, prepared for that. And then yeah. just that hurt too, that she couldn't perhaps match that excitement. And then just what I saw too was a lot of pain. And it was just like, am I going to really be able to give up this child? You know, is is this going to happen? And so I definitely understand why Kate was like, you know, is everything okay? Because I got a little bit of like, this is questionable. I'm yeah. not really, really sure that I'm, I'm just not convinced that she's going to give the baby up. So, I mean, hopefully I'm wrong, but... I don't know. I just don't know if I fully believe that part of the story. Yeah. And like, I don't know if I'm just trying to fit the story to my storyline <laughs> of she's not going to give up the baby. And that's why I'm like, yeah, that wasn't the face. But I'm also like, why did your story take so long? Like, <laughs> you gave me like 10 minutes of a story just to say, can you choose another name? <laughs> that's like, funny, but I you know what? Now that you mentioned, I feel like all her stories take a long time. Like when they dropped yes. her off at the house, she could have been like, you know, my husband and I argued over condiments. Well, you know, yes. this reminded me of a moment. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like she took us all the way there. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very long-winded. Very long-winded. Yes. But it's almost, <laughs> I don't know. So it's like irks me because I'm like, you went around talking about all that and taking off your shirt and showing your swimsuit and <laughs> thinking you had third this and that just to say you don't like the name Chloe Pinner. Like all you have to do yeah. is say, I don't like Chloe. Like, can y'all yeah. not, why do you care? It's not your baby. Why do you care what I name my baby? <sighs> so... I don't believe her at this point. Again, I don't know if I'm just trying to have a self-fulfilling moment, but I don't believe her at this point. I know she told them that she was sure she was going to give the baby up to them. Um, but she also said that she was thinking about aborting and she pulled all the way into the parking lot before she changed her mind. So we can get all the way to, you know, the baby delivery and she could change her mind. And then since our last episode, we had, I had mentioned that, um, parents or mothers had have like up to three days to change their mind. But I learned that they actually have six months, girl, before they have to oh. sign off their parental rights, relinquish oh. their parental rights. So six months, Toby and Kate could have that baby formerly named, oh named Chloe. And Ellie can say, oh no, I decided I can't do this. So I'm still like, I don't know, because we still got a long time to go, partner and your face read all the things that Ricky said and not what you said about Chloe. So I don't know. I don't know what you think, girl. Girl. Ooh, I like, first of all, thank you for that research. Cause who knew? I did not know that. So six <laughs> months. Wow. Second, I'm thinking very good point. You, you better make it plain. Like she literally drove to the place to go get her the abortion. So she got right to that moment and made a different decision. So what a awesome link so ah, i'm keeping that stored up in the back of my head i agree maybe some of it is both of us thinking that this is just not gonna work out in kate and toby's favor which is why we're seeing these things so i will say if i put that aside that to me she was a little bit more believable um this particular time around i say i feel like oh i kind of want to all the way believe you but it's still i still something there i just feel I just feel that it may not go to it may not go to distance. I just feel she even mentioned that she was double guessing everything, and like she said, she went to yes. as far as to maybe think about the abortion, um, the abort aborting the baby. So if you're double guessing everything, like you almost mentioned, to the exact very last minute, then why why wouldn't you? Like I'm not assured that you are going to not make the same decision the other way around when it gets to you seeing that baby. That's what I think it is when she delivers mm. this baby she holds this baby or i don't know if they i don't know the process is to take it to the 
the the other mother, you know, I don't know. But the point is, she births this baby. And I just think that I don't know if she's going to go through with it once she births the baby. Because she already didn't told us and gave us some examples that she's been double guessing, double thinking, questioning a lot of different things when it comes to the baby. Exactly. Exactly. And so we already know in the future mm-hmm. that... Kate and Toby do have an adopted daughter and that her adopted daughter name is Haley. So I'm like, well, does it just mean that they decided to name Ellie's baby something different than Chloe? Or did they just name a different baby altogether? It was like, you know, we just gonna throw the whole Chloe away because the experience was so bad with Ellie mm. that we just got another baby and we gonna name her Haley. <laughs> but again, I don't know because I'm still fulfilling here. So I'm like, I just think it's going to be a whole different baby. <laughs> I agree. I don't believe that Ellie's baby is going to be their baby. I do believe her when she says, I am comfortable, like, whatever she kind of gave this whole speech, like, you know, I'm, I haven't double guessed you two. So in some twisted way, she's mm-hmm. like, well, I always knew you all would be perfect parents. I'm not guessing the fact that, you know, that you all can be great with any child. But that whole second guess is going to come in. But when I delivered my baby and I seen her and I just can't let her go. So, yeah, I'm going to say that's not going to be Ellie's baby. Ellie's baby is not going to be their baby. So this is very random. But (laughs) when Kate and Ellie were in the doctor's office, Kate invited Ellie to lunch. And I was just like, can y'all not? But anyway, did they go to lunch? Do we know? I think that was too much. I think between the Chloe video talking about Everything they talked about in that parking lot, because you, like you said, she long with it. She long with it. It was too much. It was just too much. So I'm saying now, I don't even think they went to lunch. She, Ellie went on by her way, and Kate had to take some time in the car, just, you know, marinate on some things. So I say no good. to lunch. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I'm like, why are you inviting her to lunch? Y'all are not friends. Stop That's it. the whole thing I kept thinking about that last episode. See, Kate, Tobin and told you, stop doing so much. Simmer down, Kate. Simmer down. But you know, okay, so that brings us to our last point with Katie. Katie <laughs> gave her a whole new name. With Kate's storyline. So she wraps up her storyline with a reveal, okay? So Kate is back at home and Toby is falling for baby, formerly known as Chloe. And he's like excited, which I was surprised by because last time he was cautiously optimistic, which he should have been. <laughs> and Kate is sitting at the table looking like she's apprehensive, actually. And I'm like, oh, so she don't believe Ellie either. That's right, girl. But she has something else to say she reveals to toby that at 18 and then the episode does a flashback to she to when she was 18 and she appeared to had taken a pregnancy test that showed positive so um i i don't know i don't know if i want to go to viewers comments or so Mm. now i'm gonna go to because there's some confusion so viewers are saying the box she took out of the drawer was an ovulation test. <laughs> so they were like, was she trying to get pregnant? And it showed that she was positive and she was trying to get pregnant. So maybe she could stay with her abusive boyfriend or, but then the actual pregnancy test or test showed that it was a pregnancy test. So right. I don't know if it's just editing. And it showed they- that it was positive too. It showed yes. that she, yeah. Okay. So we're on the same page that it was a pre- positive pregnancy test, right? I mean, that's what it looked. I mean, look, I don't know. I, that's what it looked like to me. I would say that that was a full pregnancy test. A full, like, yeah, I say, I believe that she was pregnant. I'm trying to figure out prediction moment. If Kate was pregnant and it was just an editing error that they had an ovulation box, um, what happened to the baby? Did she abort? Mm. 
Or did something else happen? Because we know it's the ex-boyfriend, abusive ex-boyfriend's baby, if she's pregnant. And Ellie had talked about abortion. And she's like, I'm not judging. Uh, even though I don't know why she felt compelled to tell Toby about this, about an abortion at this moment. I'm like, what, what, you seem like you would have told him that on your first pregnancy or when y'all were but first see, trying to get I, pregnant. Okay, so I'm not the only one, too, because I was thinking, yeah, you know, Toby, he would probably embrace her and, you know, he'll, you know, have empathy. He'll be with her in the moment. But I was very shocked that this is her first time mentioning this to Toby. Yeah. And the fact that she went through a fertility specialist who seems like she was like, ma'am, like, look, please just take me, right? I will be fully transparent. Let me know whatever I need to do that that wouldn't have come up. Or I guess maybe she just lied. They said, have you ever been pregnant before? And so, I don't know, that just surprises me that it went on this long without her having this yeah. conversation with Toby. I'm yeah, so <laughs> abortion, something else? He beat her up oh, and she so, lost so predictions. So I yeah. say, I say that she, I believe that she got an abortion I think the only way, the only thing that it could be something else, as far as my mind is telling me, is that if it was a situation where due to this abusive relationship and the stress of it, that she suffered a miscarriage. Right. But I'm just thinking that, I definitely don't think of a situation where she was full-term pregnant, had the baby, hid the baby, or gave it away. I don't think she went through that whole process. So I just feel like... That's, so I'm, I'm thinking abortion, especially when she mentioned abortion and how Kate kind of reacted when Ellie was talking about the abortion, how she just couldn't do that, that um, that she did it. But I think Kate in that mind frame, perhaps if she did go through with the abortion, look, I have all these thoughts. <laughs> she went through with the abortion that it was justified for her because she did not want to bring a baby into the world with this awful guy. And she had had this fairy tale dad you know like she had i'm just gonna say fairy tale. she had a very strong very supportive like wonderful great relationship with her father and i feel like she would have been doing almost a disservice in her mind right she's like i just can't even bring a baby into this world with him being the father so i'm gonna yeah lean really hard to, to the abortion i'm gonna lean hard to the abortion Viewers are saying abortion, abortion, abortion. Okay. A couple of viewers or a viewer has says said it's a false positive. And I'm like, okay, that's an interesting oh. take. <laughs> true, true. Um, okay. Okay. If they're not saying abortion, they're saying maybe miscarriage, um, particularly due to the abusive boyfriend doing something. I'm like, I hope not. That's kind of tragic. Um, like beating her up or whatever and causing mm -hmm. her to lose it. Uh, but yeah, so abortion is what most people are saying. So I guess we're just going to have to see, but I'm with you though. You did bring up a very good point. Like when she was going through the, talking to the fertility specialist, like you definitely tell your fertility specialist, I've had an abortion in the past. Like, <laughs> why did you wait? We've struggled all that time to get pregnant and was talking to, I'm throwing away my pills, my antidepressants or whatever. And you can't tell me you had an abortion. You right. want to sit down and tell me it in this moment? Like, how did that even relate? Right. So, yeah. I don't, Agreed. I don't know. So, but I mean, like you said, I think Toby's just going to be like, okay. <laughs> but we've been yearning for a storyline for Kate. So maybe we're about to get our storyline. Yes. And I was happy. I didn't mention it when I was like, oh, it's getting juicy with Kate. I'm so excited because Tiffany been talking yeah. about a storyline for forever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, give Tiff her storyline. Give yeah. us a storyline, people. Give us a storyline, but make it good, but not tragic. So, yeah. like, maybe she's gonna go tell him that she's pregnant, and he gonna be like, "So, I still don't want you." And so mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, mm-hmm. okay, is it mine? You know how they do. Is it mine? Oh, okay. Man. So now to Randall. So Randall, to me, had pretty much a filler or a continuation type episode, but it set us up for something great. So Malik is shadowing Randall at work for a day for um, a course assignment. And of course, there was an incident while Malik was shadowing Randall. So Malik was assigned to start and end Randall's live stream daily briefing, which sounds very simple. But Malik became distracted from duty when his mother called about his daughter. Cause I forgot, but I remembered once she got the call, he's a single, a young single father. So Malik did not turn off the live stream and Randall proceeded to start undressing, which I was cracking up at all that scene. <laughs> like the fact that he was like dancing and like humming to himself and the way he like folded the shirt, like you fold the light side first, you fold the right side next. I was like, what are you talking about? And then oh like that's the reaction to it and the little daughter wanted to see it. She's like, uh-uh, baby, some things you just can't unsee. And it was just like perfect because it didn't go too big. So I was like, as long as he don't drop trial, then it's going to be funny. But if he drops trial, like, uh, no, like we're past the point of like return or whatever. So yeah. anyway, so he undresses and um, they finally, Deja finally gets in touch with Malik. No, yeah, Malik. And she tells him like, you, he's still on. And so Malik stops it. So we next see Randall having a conversation with Malik about the mess up. So Randall's reaction to Malik's mess up. I'm here for it. I was pleasantly surprised and really proud of Randall. Like hand claps and an ovation for Randall (laughs) because he like responded to it so maturely, like in an understanding fashion, because I mean, he's a, what is he? A councilman or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. you know, bearing your chest, even though it was swole. I was like, okay, Randall. Okay. But yeah, bearing your chest on live stream daily briefing of course is going to go viral so i was like okay we knew that was going to happen but Mm -hmm. it could i guess signal controversy or whatever like oh my gosh did you see this he's your councilman or whatever but he was just like you know you were supposed to be doing a job you showed up late you know just ran him down the facts or whatever and was just like and listened to his explanation and then gave him some words of empowerment or encouragement and pretty much wiped his hands of it what did you think of randall's reactions yeah, I think I'm with you. It took me way, like way by surprise. And again, I have to do the little snaps and say, okay, this is the therapy Randall. Yep. And he is throwing us all kind of surprises this season. So I was not ready for how calm, cool, and collective he just handled that whole situation. Um, but I did appreciate it. I like that he heard him out. That's a good point. He They had the talk. He heard him out. He also like threw the facts, gave him um you know where he's coming from his perspective and i just believe that he knows he's a he believes that malik is a responsible kid he just sees so much of himself in malik i feel mm. um so i'm sure it was a little easier to kind of let him go i don't think any other random person would have been off the hook that easily but um yeah go randall he handled it very well much much better than i thought he was going to handle it for sure <laughs> a viewer said that um, they felt the Randall's strip tease in his office was completely out of character for him. And that although it was funny to watch, it just doesn't seem like something he'd do at work. And I had to disagree with that. And only because like, at first I was like, why are you taking off your clothes? Like, why didn't you check? Like, why would you do that when you know you've been live streaming or whatever and you have like a young boy? But of course, like who really does that? Like, um, what is it? Hindsight is twenty twenty or whatever. 
But the way he was doing it, like he was being dorky Randall when he was doing it. So I'm like, no, that's exactly how Randall would do something like, I'm getting ready to go before my jog. So let me dance yeah. it out. <laughs> Did you think that was unlike Randall to like get uh, undressed in front of a camera, whether on or off? With a dance and a song? Absolutely not. This has Randall's name, like, this is a Randall sticker. Like, this is Randall all over it. And plus, he was feeling high, felt he knew that he did a good job, kind of, you know, going full circle with his story and, you know, doing his little outro. I was like, he was feeling good. He was about to get a, a run in. So, no, that, to me, that had Randall's name all over it. That's yep. so Randall. <laughs> yes. So, I didn't and think he was out of character at all. Some viewers agreed with that one viewer, but um, some were like, because they were like, no, he never, ever, especially while mentoring. And then another was like, no, you know, it's not out of his character. I do things in my own space that some in my professional life might find unimaginable. Um, but I don't even think that was unimaginable. Like, that's just <laughs> Randall being Randall. Um, they said that, you know, he thought he was done being taped and he was being silly and acting like he acts when he's alone. So, yeah, I don't see it being unusual. So I thought the writers were consistent with Randall. And I'm just, again, I'm glad they didn't go to him fully undressing. Then it would have been like, yeah. And yeah, speaking and of I therapy, just think that I was just beyond the undressing part. I was hoping that didn't happen too. But did you... Were you like biting your nails like, oh my gosh, please don't say the wrong thing. I just was hoping he didn't say anything crazy because you can't unsay something. And I was like, Lord, is he going to tell a, a secret? I mean, I didn't really know. I know. I don't know. I just was really nervous that he was going to say something that was going to just be just, mm -mm, just, I don't know, just a big situation for, for his position. So I was more, I was feel like I was a little bit more worried about him saying something because, you know, they had the angles right and stuff, and he was showing off his six-packs. Yep. So I was like, okay, we can do that, him dancing, being quirky, but please don't say anything. So that's what I kept hoping what wouldn't happen. Before he stood up, yes, my stomach dropped, because, you know, he <laughs> did that exhale and, like, shook his head, and I guess he was gathering himself, and I was like, what are you about to say? What are you about to say? And then he stood up and started undressing, and I was like, oh, okay, so we're going the undressing route, not that I said something route, so... <laughs> <laughs> that was, but I did definitely think like don't say anything whatever yes. you're about to say like don't say it I'm with you um, but yeah so I really enjoyed I know we still got a lot to talk about with Randall but I just want to say this before I forget I really enjoyed Randall this episode he gave me the old Randall like the Randall that we fell in love with the episode I mean not episode season one Randall and he was just so silly and goofy like he used to be and when he was talking to Deja and he was like guess who's Tony, or guess who working with your boyfriend it rhymes with gother Gandalf Gearcy you know just being really silly and so I just really love to see this side of Randall return because I've been begging the writers to stop with Randall and this anxiety I mean I know it's real but it was just like I need a like a reprieve from that for right now and so I felt like I finally got my old Randall back the fun one that we came to know and love, even though we know he still has his issues. I'm just sitting here just <laughs> smiling because I'm so happy that you're having this great moment with you and Randall. So this is this is great. Because you know we've been fight, fighting. Like, Randall. Wow. <laughs> 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 he was working my nerves. Okay, so Malik messed up. Were his actions redeemable? Especially to the point of offering him an internship. That part... <sighs> Oh, no, you, you, what you think? 
girl like forgivable yes yes but i felt like the internship came too soon but at the same time it's like if randall doesn't help him who will like this is his opportunity to get you know closer to his goal like he has big dreams he has big goals so it was like if i don't extend my hand out to him like what am i in this position for if i'm not gonna help some a fellow guy or a fellow person um succeed so it's like yeah and it's my daughter's boyfriend but i just still felt like it was bygones too soon i just i'm like really malik you're gonna be like but can i get that internship though really you could even start and stop by live stream (laughs) yeah I agree. I think that luckily, right, everything went <laughs> okay. And, you know, he went from like 5K views to 100K. Like you said, we, it was no surprise. Yeah, this is about to go viral. So he's getting attention and, you know, he got his abs popping. So it kind of works in his favor. <laughs> but nonetheless, this is a pretty big mix up, if you ask yeah. me. So yeah. I, too, agree that it was a little too soon. Like, I wanted him to work a little harder for um internship or like Malik. That was bold of him. But, yeah, I thought it was a little too soon. But to your point, and and one thing I took away as well, is that Randall, he knows what it's like to put in effort and to feel like you have to be the best. He knows what it's going to take anyways, being a young black male. And so all of their, so yeah, so just with that in mind, I would say that he sees again a lot of Malik in him, but he also sees this is my opportunity to give back and so I think for that for the reason kind of you mentioned I feel like because this is his chance to kind of help someone else's journey perhaps not be as hard or let me he has great dreams you can tell that Malik had thought things out he is responsible and you know Malik gave his scenario you know his whole breakdown let me tell you what I had to do to be only six minutes late so I just believe that he (laughs) wanted to do something to help and of course he doesn't hurt that is Asia's boyfriend but I feel Again, if it was somebody else, though, I think they would have had to work a lot harder because that was a pretty big mix-up. And he had been six minutes late, and he was yawning and looking uninterested. And fell asleep. Did he, like, fully close his whole eyes? I was like, oh, no, Malik. Oh, no. Like, you have to get some coffee or something. I'm sure they got coffee in the office. Like, you're not even looking like you're engaged or trying to be engaged. So, I don't know. But a couple of viewers were on Malik's side. You know, well, I'm not going to say Malik's side, but on Randall's. They understood where Randall was coming from. So, Mm. one viewer that was like, I love the respect that Malik is getting as a young single father and even showing a black male teen in a positive light. Yes, he was negligent to the live feed, but for good reason. Plus, he went viral. Randall went viral. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. And then another viewer said, um, he does appear to be a good dad, but don't lose the fact that he is still a young kid. Distraction comes easy in youngsters and unfortunately comes back when you're old. Can't really be mad at him. Another lesson learned. <sighs> and as I'm trying to think, I'm like, Malik, I mean, it seemed like a very simple job, but he is young. But is he really too young to stop a video? Like, could you at least sit there and look at it while you was talking or something? And that's my thing, too. It's really hard because, I mean, you know, you're not anyone's, I guess, shoes were trying to juggle your schoolwork, this perhaps internship or this, you know, career day experience, your child. But yes, Tiff, I'm with you. And the only parent you said that, that's kind of was my initial thought. Like you literally can be on that phone, but be looking dead smack at the camera. So you can just press stop. That's why I'm like, so to me, it was still a big mix up. Yeah. Yeah. But a tender moment (laughs) was when um, Randall got home from the whole 
from his job and Deja was like giving him crap about <laughs> offering Malik an internship. But then she was like, she thanked him for the internship. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. And the fact that Deja refers to Randall as dad, did you catch that? She was like, dad's live stream is starting or whatever daily briefing is starting. And I was like, what? <laughs> Deja. But then she called Beth Beth, so I was confused. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess small steps. But yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, look at Deja. I guess because she never maybe knew her dad, but she did know her mom. Or she does know her Ooh, mom. Ooh, good point. All right. So, uh, that was like a great we said, a moment. That was my tender moment, too. But you forgot to mention oh, the kiss that she what? actually kissed him on the cheek. Who kissed who? Deja kissed Randall before she went upstairs. Oh, she did. Oh, that's so cute. all of that was like the tender moment part. Like, oh my, so she's oh. like, you're running my life, but thank you. And then she kissed us. I'm like, oh, Deja, oh. the tender side of Deja. It was a whole moment. Maybe I was wiping my little tear from my eye and missed the kiss. <laughs> <laughs> but she did, like you said, she thanked him and she was appreciative. So we, yes, that was a beautiful tender moment. It was. I just like seeing them get along, especially knowing where Deja came from. Oof. Oh, goodness. Oof. Don't take us back there. <laughs> so, Randall's storyline leads us to the cliffhanger of the night. So, as we said, the daily briefing, of course, goes viral. And that, um, and then we see that, you know, the video is, <laughs> has been made into memes and gifs, and they were pretty funny. And it was one part on a video that kept replaying, which was the part where Randall pays homage to his biological father, William. And he like keeps going back and forth. So at first you think you're led to believe it's Randall playing that over and over. But actually, it's the Vietnamese father that we saw last episode with the Vietnamese, wait, grandfather, with the Vietnamese granddaughter. So he's playing that part of the video over and over. And then the Vietnamese grandfather turns to look at that same dang old picture of Laurel and maybe him <laughs> that we saw at the end of last episode. And then it goes off. So <laughs> I'm like, did this bring us any closer to our answers as to what Laurel is doing in that picture? No, no. not really. But do you feel like, I feel like we got our answer. Was it present day or past, past time? Oh, it's so, it's oh, totally present day, right? Yes, girl. <laughs> it so, is. Yeah, so I was I was very happy to feel like okay this is present day and I mean I don't know but I feel like for him to keep rewinding that he knew exactly who Randall was he of knows oh. no go ahead now I was saying of course yeah oh yeah he knows exactly who who, who um he is and so for him to keep saying William I'm like my a thought that came to mind I was like is this a Jack and Miguel's situation like was William and him friends or like to what degree do they know each other so I don't know just made me wonder about that um and I just do believe that we are closer to your question like are we we we're closer to figuring out Laurel's story story now that he went viral thanks to Malik this dude I feel has no choice now that he's kind of putting pieces of the puzzle together to reach out to him and I feel we're going to just start knowing more and more about Laurel and perhaps, hey, does he have any biological siblings? Are we going to introduce Ooh. Randall to a whole different side of his family? I mean, I don't know. Ooh. So we're getting closer and closer, Tiff. Uh, and your thought of how that viral video is going to lead him closer was what a viewer has said. And I was like, oh my gosh, they said, um, 
that part of his viral video will end up changing his life again. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so profound. That is profound. Uh, But then another viewer had a theory of what if Laurel thought her son, which is Randall, was dead and she told um, the Vietnamese grandfather all about Randall and she's dead now. And I'm like, what? (laughs) So they were saying that Laurel thought Randall was dead and maybe that's how she ended up with the Vietnamese person. But she used to talk about him. Or you know what? A random thought is what if that really isn't Laurel in the pictures? It's her sister. And then they're connecting the pieces (laughs) of the puzzle. I'm just saying to go with me. And it's like, oh, is that Laurel's boy? Like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't don't know. But we're about to find out. But no, they said it was clearly Laurel. Remember? That was the spoiler alert. It was Laurel. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was Laurel. Okay. That's who I thought it was. I was just. Okay, so yeah, so we're gonna X that out. But this gentleman is about to find Randall, and we're about to get some information that we do not know about Laura. Well, <laughs> that brings us to our. Sp- well, do we have any more honorable mentions or tender moments? No, I just kind of had about two this episode, so no, no more tender moments, no honorable mentions. I think I'm good. <laughs> well, spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> <laughs> If y'all did not know, This Is Us is taking a hiatus all the way to January. Yes, I said it. January 5th, 2021. That means we are 45 days away from the next episode of This Is Us. So they told us we was going to know about Laurel's story in the next few episodes. And I guess they were telling the truth, but it ain't going to be the next few weeks. How about that? So... I was rolling my eyes and I am still rolling my eyes and huffing and puffing. But the creator had this to say, and I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like Randall with Malik. So it's like, he's like, can I give a little love to our unsung post, unsung post department? We finished mixing, timing, et cetera, tonight's episode. So last night's episode, um, the day before it was to air. So they were able to finish episode four just the day before it aired on Tuesday. He said that has happened every episode this season in the midst of a pandemic. It was the only way to get four episodes on this soon. So I'm like, well, if y'all was working that hard, okay, I'll leave y'all alone. Wow. <laughs> I'll let y'all take that time editing five. So maybe that's why they had an ovulation test box <laughs> and a pregnancy mm. test. <laughs> They're like, leave me alone. We were up all night <laughs> trying to get this out to you. Okay. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I know, I know. So... It makes I me do feel better, too, too because I am kind of was like, no, kind of rolling my eyes. But it's like, all right, get some of that random Malik get forgiven situation. Let me go ahead and brush this yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what you need from us? You need us to just sit back and, and, and wait for it to come back? All right. All right. We'll do we that. We got you. We got you. But it has <laughs> to come back with the Vietnamese grandfather and Laurel's story. Like, if we're going to wait 45 days. Let's just go ahead and move this story along with Laurel, okay? Agreed. I don't want to keep waiting. Anyway, all right, girlfriend, until next, well, in 45 days. <laughs> ah, 45 days. Hey, 
Hey y'all, we are back with season two of Spoiler Alert with Tiff O and Ricky, and we cannot be more excited. All season, we'll be talking everything This Is Us, and we may have special episodes in store for you as well. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform, and like us and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Spoiler Alert Tiff O Ricky. And you know we love our listeners, so leave comments. They may be included in our show. Thanks for listening. Thank you.